Ford from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Batten down the hatches. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Wind whip rain causing power problems today. Brett Thackera with ABC 27 in central Pennsylvania. It's going to be a rainy, windy, ugly day. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. This will be an emergency. It will be serious. And we're urging all New Yorkers to exercise extreme caution at this time. A high wind warning in effect through early Wednesday. Al Roker is watching the weather at the Today Show. Wind is going to be a big, big problem. Damaging winds, travel disruptions, widespread power outages, especially in the Northeast. This is a high impact storm. Flooding will also pose problems with a soaking rain settling in on top of all that snow. Meteorologist David Parkinson. We're looking at three, four inches of rain all falling in a short period of time, all on ground that can't absorb. Wind gusts of 70 miles per hour will bring down trees and power lines, especially near the Great Lakes. Fox Weather's Janice Dean. It's going to bring conditions very much like a nor'easter because of the winds, 60, 70 miles per hour, and the potential for very heavy rainfall. And then we've got the snow melt as the rain comes down, and there's going to be major flooding concerns. Because of those near hurricane force winds, a tractor-trailer ban is in effect on the thruway in central and western New York, extending all the way to the Pennsylvania border. United Airlines has discovered loose bolts on door plugs on several grounded Boeing 737 MAX 9 airplanes. Reporter Chris Van Clee. The planes are of different ages, so it's not like they were delivered back to back uh, and you're talking about maybe like a bad batch or something. It raises real questions about Boeing's quality Control. Last week, a door plug ripped off an Alaskan Airlines flight some 16,000 feet in the air with 177 souls aboard. An appeals court in Washington considering Donald Trump's claim that as a former president, he had protected immunity. Reporter Scott McFarland. It'll be roughly an hour of arguments before a three-judge appeals court panel here in Washington. Trump's team will argue first, saying his 2020 election conspiracy criminal case should be dismissed because he enjoys presidential immunity that he can't be prosecuted for official acts in office. The special counsel, Jack Smith, will argue that's a baseless claim and, if approved, would give future presidents license to break the law. Trump's election interference case could go to trial as soon as March. All eyes on Iowa as Republican presidential candidates make their closing arguments with just six days to go before the Iowa caucuses. Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Ron DeSantis are all in the Hawkeye State for campaign events today. Haley says it's wrong for states to try and keep Trump off the ballot. The Supreme Court needs to rule quickly before other states start to do this. This is one of those don't open a door if you don't want to see what happens. This is a door we don't need to open. I will defeat President Trump fair and square. I don't need anybody throwing him off the ballot to do it. If they can do this to him, they'll do it to someone else. We can't have others saying, I don't think he should be on the ballot. I think Americans can decide 
on their own whether they want him to be on the ballot or not. Polls show Haley trailing Ron DeSantis for second place in Iowa. Trump holds about a 30-point lead over all others there, according to the latest poll from Real Clear Politics. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin remains in the hospital as fallout continues surrounding his secret health problems. The Pentagon chief failed to disclose his hospital stay for nearly a week. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Is there anybody actually running this government? I'm laughing, but it's not funny. The idea that the defense secretary doesn't tell anybody he's apparently very ill or was. I mean, I, I think, you know, we need to know what is this situation? What was the procedure? What's his medical condition now? Um, this is serious stuff. Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale says Austin should be impeached for failing to disclose the nature of his health concerns. Looks like the moon mission launched yesterday will be a failure. There's been a critical loss of fuel. Space consultant Bill Harwood. It does not appear they're going to be able to land on the moon. We don't know that for sure yet, but it doesn't appear a moon landing is in the cards. And they're looking at alternate mission scenarios if they have enough fuel to carry them out. The plan was for the lander to touch down on the moon late next month. The Michigan Wolverines captured the college football championship last night with a convincing win over the Washington Huskies. ESPN's Chris Fowler. Michigan barrels in. And the maze in blue on the brink of ending a championship drought. Wolverines coach Jim Harbaugh. Last one standing. It's a great feeling. So happy for our players. My dad, Jack Harbaugh, won a national championship, and my brother won a Super Bowl. So uh, it's good to be at the big person table from now on. It is the first national title for Michigan in 27 years. On this day in 2007, the smartphone was born. Apple CEO Steve Jobs unveiled it at a convention in San Francisco. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. And the rest, they say, is history. January 9th, 2007, the smartphone was born. The first one sold for just under 500 bucks. Still to come on the Noon Report, big speech time for Kathy Hochul. Power crews ready for wind and rain. And bring on the mullets at the PA Farm Show. Good afternoon, I'm Kevin Williams, tracking a storm to bring flooding rains and strong winds to parts of the area over the next 12 hours. I'll have forecast details coming up in 10 minutes. All right, Kevin, thank you. Power crews are working round the clock to keep the lights on today as that powerful windstorm starts to take shape near hurricane force winds on the way near the Great Lakes. Ken Kajawa with National Grid says extra crews are on standby. As soon as we start to realize power outages, those crews can hit the ground running so that we can minimize the amount of time that our customers are out of power. Nate Martin is Public Works Commissioner for the City of Buffalo. Driving rain could cause some visibility issues, not like a blinding snow, but it could be windy. Their car will get buffeted around with the winds, so high winds just use caution. Wet roads use caution. Combine those two. Just, just be extra careful in driving. High-profile vehicles, including tractor trailers, are banned from the New York State Thruway due to those damaging winds today. New York Governor Kathy Hochul delivering her third State of the State address at 1 o'clock this afternoon. She'll unveil plans to boost reading in schools, make New York a leader in AI 
Uber's search, crack down on retail theft, and expand paid leave to expectant moms. It's unclear whether she'll address the migrant crisis or New York's out-migration problem. More on this report from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. Hochul said that her address will focus on affordability, crime, public safety, and increasing mental health services. The state will need billions of dollars a year to meet the staggering costs of its climate goals while addressing growing tension over the migrant crisis and the high costs of health care, all while facing a nearly $40 billion projected deficit. Hochul has pledged to avoid raising broad-based taxes such as income taxes, while Republicans make their case for lower taxes to stem the exodus out of state. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. All right, Jeremy, thank you. Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson has just returned from a fact-finding mission to the southern border. The Republican among over 60 House members to see firsthand the impact illegal immigration is having on the country. We're in Eagle Pass, which has been obviously the focus of a lot of attention, as you've seen just tens of thousands of people that have come across the border. The congressman says Border Patrol agents have become an Uber service for illegal immigrants. The Border Patrol, uh, which really are the beat cops of the border, they've been so busy, they've been pulled off the beat, off the border many days and put into these processing centers because they're challenged with getting these folks processed and out the door. You know, these individuals are supposed to, wherever city they show up in, they're supposed to find the nearest ICE office and get assigned a, a date and a location to report sometime in the future as far as seven years out. How, yeah. many, how many of those folks do you actually think show up to get those appointments? The congressman tells Family Life he supports efforts to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas for his handling of the border crisis. The New York State Senate has passed sweeping new election and voting reforms. The 10 bills approved yesterday will expand early voting and allow more drop-off locations for absentee ballots. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins. We will continue to make the case that this enhances our democracy and is very, very clear. We need to create an atmosphere where voters can vote confidently and easily. But Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort says it's already easy to vote in New York and the proposed changes are a political move to boost Democratic votes in a critical election year. It's not New Yorkers out there who wake up and go, we're going to harvest ballots today. But there are organizations whose job it is is to win elections and they will use these rules to win elections. That is the point. He adds these measures will only serve to undermine election integrity. With winter weather firmly in place, Pennsylvania State Police are reminding drivers that they are legally required now to clear their cars of snow and ice. House Bill 1094 was signed in July of 2022, citing a driver must make reasonable efforts to remove accumulated ice or snow from the hood, trunk, and roof of the motor vehicle before driving. The fines can be as high as $1,500 per offense. The bill, nicknamed Christie's Law, is in honor of Christine Lambert, who died after a large piece of ice dislodged from a passing box truck in Pennsylvania. Sarah Harnish, Family Life News. Thank you, Sarah. A crash yesterday sent two vehicles into a toll booth along the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Happened in Monroeville. One of the vehicles caught fire. The other rolled over. Neither driver seriously hurt. The Pennsylvania Farm Show hosted its first 
first-ever mullet competition yesterday. Business in the front, party in the back, baby. Dozens of contestants were on stage rocking their hairdos in Harrisburg. Pete Brubaker was crowned champion in the 18 and up age group. I'll tell you what, I've been uh, ro- ro- running this mullet circa 85, so it's been a long time, and it's paying off now, so yeah, it's cool. He admits there's a process he goes through to get his mullet in tip-top shape. I just kind of use shampoo and a little bit of conditioner, and I took a shower last night, and like I wet it, like just wet it just the amount so the curls would dry up just right, so like I got a little process. Brubaker won a basket full of hair care products to help him take his mullet game to the next level. Sports next, it's the two-minute drill on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, for the first time since 1997, the Michigan Wolverines are college football's national champions as they knocked off Washington 34-13 last night. Blake Corum rushed for 134 yards and two touchdowns to lead Michigan. For Washington, it was their first loss of the season. On the ice at Madison Square Garden, the Rangers were handed a 6-3 thumping from the Canucks. Vincent Trocek put the blue shirts up in the first before Vancouver countered with three first-period goals of their own. Artemi Panarin cut into the Canucks' lead in the second, but then Vancouver pulled away on a pair of goals by Elias Peterson. Trocek scored his second of the night to round out New York's scoring. In Philadelphia, Ricard Raquel didn't waste any time in putting the Penguins on top, scoring 45 seconds into the game. Eric Carlson scored seven minutes later, and Pittsburgh went on to defeat the Flyers 4-1. Elsewhere, Dallas shut out the Wild 4-zip, and the Avs won in a shootout over Boston 4-3. In the NBA, the Bulls beat the Hornets in overtime 119-112. Kobe White scored 27 points to lead Chicago. In Indiana, the Pacers rallied past the Celtics 133-131. Benedict Mathurin scored 26 points, knocking down five three-pointers and the clinching free throws with a half a second left in the game to seal the victory. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy Man. Still to come on the Noon Report, loose parts on planes, big storm wreaking havoc, and missing in action. We'll have the latest on the Lloyd Austin Disappearance Act after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. 1,700 years ago this year, Constantine defeated his co-emperor, Licinius, ending a series of civil wars and consolidating power as the sole emperor of Rome. At the time, Christians saw this as the defeat of old pagan ways and as the triumph of a new Christian vision for Rome. In fact, Constantine's turn to Christianity began even before he abandoned Roman paganism. His children had been tutored by Lactantius, a Christian who opposed coerced worship and argued for religious liberty as long as religious practice did not disrupt public order. And years later, in 312, as Constantine went into battle against a rival, he claimed to have a vision of a symbol of Christ with the words, In this sign, conquer. He had his soldiers paint the symbol on their shields. He then won the battle and converted to Christianity. The following year, Constantine issued the Edict of Milan, which declared religious liberty across the empire in terms that Constantine had learned from Lactantius. 
Constantine has been a controversial figure throughout church history. Many think that Constantine's actions to tie the church to the empire compromise the gospel. Often, these arguments are based on a misunderstanding of what Constantine actually did, and they fail to consider what followed from the legalization of Christianity. Though Constantine's promotion of Christianity certainly made it more popular, it was not named the imperial religion until Emperor Theodosius I in 380. Even then, Theodosius did not suppress paganism. Constantine did not dictate doctrine to the church. When he called the Council of Nicaea in 325 to deal with the question of the nature of Christ, he was actually performing a traditional function of Roman emperors, who often acted as mediators in religious conflicts. Despite claims to the contrary, neither Constantine nor the Council of Nicaea had anything to do with the formation of the canon of Scripture. The most direct result of Constantine's conversion was the end of the persecution, the torture, and the execution of Christians. Obviously, this was welcomed by Christians in his day, and it should also be recognized as a historical good today. The Edict of Milan also furthered Christian evangelism. The legalization of Christianity by Constantine led to churches being founded across the Roman Empire and missionaries sent to other regions outside the empire. With Constantine came new questions, such as what properly does belong to Caesar and what belongs to God? That's a question that remains a central issue of Western political thought today. But even in view of the historical difficulties that emerged from his conversion and his subsequent actions, we can still thank God for Constantine and for the freedom for the faith and the gospel that he established. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Dr. Glenn Sunshine. If you're a fan of Breakpoint, leave us a review at your favorite podcast app. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. All right, John, thank you very much. Outside we go next to very busy Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Strong winds and rain that'll continue into tonight. That rain could produce flooding, especially across northeast Pennsylvania tonight, where there could be a rumble of thunder. Winds will be very strong, strongest over higher elevations and near Lake Erie, where gusts could exceed 65 miles an hour. Temperatures this afternoon rising toward 40 into the 40s briefly tonight, then dropping. Tomorrow, cloudy. Any rain showers change to flurries, with temperatures primarily in the 30s. All right, Kevin, thank you. This is the Noon Report, and here's what's happening Tuesday, the 9th of January. New York Governor Kathy Hochul warning residents get ready for another winter wallop. Wind and rain and lots of both on the way. Our biggest concern are the high winds. Wind gusts could be as high as 70 miles an hour, especially off of Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. That's nearly as strong as a Category 1 hurricane. The governor's mobilized over 5,000 utility workers to prepare for downed power lines. High wind warnings in effect for nearly every county in the Empire State. Eastern areas of New York and Pennsylvania could get nearly a half foot of rain by tomorrow, and that will cause some flooding problems. The governor also laying out her legislative agenda for 2024 today with her third State of the State speech. Among her proposals, boosting reading proficiency in schools, expanding AI research, and cracking down on serial shoplifters. It's unclear whether she'll address the migrant crisis. Here's Assembly Speaker Carl Hastings. The issue with asylum seekers and immigration in general is really federal government uh, issues. The state is very limited in the things that we could do, but that doesn't mean you just uh, don't do anything. The governor's speech set for 1 o'clock this afternoon in Albany. 
Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin remains hospitalized but out of the ICU as the fallout continues over his secret health troubles. Correspondent Courtney Cuby has more on the controversy after the Pentagon waited several days to tell the president about Austin's condition. At this point, it's still not clear whether officials here in the Pentagon were ordered not to disclose that the secretary was hospitalized or whether there was just a massive breakdown in communication. Republican Congressman Matt Rosendale plans to introduce articles of impeachment against Secretary Austin today. He claims the defense secretary knowingly put American lives in danger and compromised national security. Former President Trump in a D.C. courtroom today arguing for immunity from prosecution at his upcoming election interference trial. Legal analyst Laura Jarrett. The former president is arguing he should be completely immune, completely shielded from any and all prosecution for anything that happened while he was in office as president because of what the special counsel is charging him with. He says everything should then be off the table. Of course, a lower court has already disagreed with that and essentially said that would be giving him a get-out-of-jail free card. Trump claims the Biden administration has weaponized the Justice Department to go after political opponents. Correspondent Ed O'Keefe has more on campaign 2024. President Biden spoke directly to black voters in Charleston from the pulpit of the historic Mother Emanuel AME Church, linking the deadly Capitol riots to the country's history of white supremacy. The violence of January 6th was an extension of an old playbook. He singled out Nikki Haley for recently failing to mention slavery as a reason for the Civil War. Last night in Iowa, Haley tossed the issue of race back at the president. I don't need someone who palled around with segregationists in the 70s and has said racist comments all the way through his career, lecturing me or anyone in South Carolina. That's Ed O'Keefe reporting. Only one presidential candidate this year has a positive approval rating among most Americans. Can you guess which one? Here's reporter Rory O'Neill. The latest Gallup survey shows President Biden's favorability numbers are down to 41% after peaking at 59% at his inauguration. The president is losing ground among young and non-white adults. Former President Trump's favorability is roughly the same at 42%. Nikki Haley is at 33%, but just as many say they have yet to form an opinion of her, only Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has approval numbers topping 50%. I'm Rory O'Neill. DHS Secretary Mayorkas admits that more than 85% of the illegal immigrants apprehended at the southern border are released into this country. Here's Michigan Congressman John James. Since Joe Biden took office, there have been hundreds of thousands, millions of illegal aliens released into our borders. We don't know who these people are. This is not just people from Mexico. They're people from all over the world. And right now, the world on fire, every day in America where we have an open border is October. October 6th for Israel in America. Every day is September 10th in America with this open border. That's Michigan Congressman John James. Mechanics at United and Alaska Airlines have discovered loose bolts on several grounded 737 MAX 9 airplanes, much like the one where a door ripped off mid-flight on the West Coast last week. Correspondent Tom Costello. United and Alaska are the only U.S. airlines to fly the Boeing MAX 9 
and they're under an FAA order to inspect every single one for any sign of trouble with that door plug like the one that exploded Friday night. Investigators have now recovered that door plug. Meantime, with the MAX grounded, United and Alaska are again canceling hundreds of flights today. Tom Costello in Washington. Director Martin Scorsese has finished a screenplay for a new movie about Jesus. It's based on the book A Life of Jesus by the same Japanese author behind Silence, which Scorsese adapted into a film back in 2016. Filming on this latest project expected to start later this year, with Scorsese saying he hopes to take away the negative onus of what has been associated with organized religion. End quote. A family-owned restaurant in Georgia is making customers pay for the health insurance of its workers. Here's reporter Jim Crisula. The Atlanta business has been charging customers a 4% fee to pay the cost of health insurance. Co-owner Emily Chan. We feel like there's a pretty huge crisis going on with health insurance. No one can afford it. Chan says the restaurant's cost of group health insurance for its workers has tripled in recent years. Jim Crisula in Atlanta with those Christmas credit card bills coming due. A lot of you may be inspired to go on a financial diet this year. Well, just remember that the same amount of money buys less than it did just months ago. Uh, so paychecks don't go as far. Jason Meza with the Better Business Bureau says now's a good time to go over your monthly credit card bill and get rid of all frivolous spending. Canceling subscriptions that you're not really maximizing and just watch for what's called shrinkflation. That's a real deal. He says it's always a good idea to maximize your purchasing power by pursuing better rates on things like credit cards, cable bills, and even insurance. This is the Noon Report, a Tuesday edition on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster, and this week's guest is Todd Gallagher, a missionary to Ukraine and Romania from Parker, Pennsylvania. His journey began with a single mission trip from a church in Florida. The church there was pretty heavily involved in missions uh, across Ukraine. You know, I had never been overseas, but I had some background teaching English as a second language. And so I went with a, a group there and uh, we had two different locations that we were teaching English in, in Ukraine. And so I, I had basically responsible for one of the locations there. So I got familiar with that area. Then when you're doing things like that, you see the need and God just puts a burden on your heart. And that even before that, there was a missions conference where I was just helping out as a lay person to it. And it was interesting and you know like to see God's work uh, and everything like that I felt called nothing emotional about it just felt like man this is something that I really feel is something I should be involved with but I didn't know what that looked like and I remember telling my mom my mom's all worried that I'm going to go to some foreign land and never see her again I do remember that that was kind of interesting but nonetheless I ended up getting married almost two years later she's a Ukrainian national and then moving to Virginia but had that relationship in Ukraine and I kind of took that with me to Virginia eventually you wind up taking a tremendous leap of faith and it turns into more than occasional mission trips. When I got married, I had just moved from Florida to Virginia and the church that we were involved with there, we got them much more involved in mission work. We had gone every year, taking a, a team there to Ukraine at least once a year. We just got to know those people so well. I felt like God could do more with us if we were there full time and really decided in 2014 that that's what we wanted to do. And that's when I you know, really had sought 
without the direct help of our church, how to proceed with what we believe was the calling. And, and my pastor really testing it out. He said, I would recommend you go into seminary. And so that's what I did is we went to seminary based on finishing that and getting our finances in order. We wanted to make the move in 2017. And I had a bad accident at the end of 2017, which delayed our trip. It was really, again, another God thing, how he further did some work in me and, and in our family and with some other people that really helped to encourage us and for us to encourage them and, and just be another ministry partner uh, here in Western Pennsylvania. And then eventually, fast forward closer to today, came the Russian invasion. We have a house in, in Ukraine. That's been our home. And you don't want to leave, but you know we have a family and we wanted to be smart and not knowing what things were going to happen, we went to Romania. We were supposed to go to Poland, but Poland was closed. We knew people in Poland, so we had to go to Romania. Didn't know anybody in, in really in, in Romania, but I had accidentally come in contact with this guy a couple years earlier from Romania on Facebook. Things that, that God really believed just orchestrated and just contacted him for information. Uh, here's where you want to come to bring your family if you're just going to be here for a week because that was all our plan was. Let's just go for a week. We'll scout out things. This is three weeks before the war. And then once in Romania, we figured we'd take our family skiing and on the way up the mountain, a car crossed the center into our Jeep. Everybody's okay. The Jeep got totaled, you know, just three days after being there. And uh, we're now realizing we're not there for just a short time. But again, felt God orchestrating things. We developed a lot more relationships with the church that we just attended there from the, the first week. The war starts and we contemplate going back to the United States and I'm looking at tickets. But this church that we're involved with is getting all kinds of calls trying to set up for refugees coming into the country. But nobody in Romania hardly speaks uh, Ukrainian or Russian. And they contacted us right away knowing that we were from there and said, hey, can you help us liaison any of this? And we did. We started doing a lot of that. And we started having personal calls of people that knowing were there saying, hey, can you help us find a place? And then the calls kept continuing from the church. And so we started working and we said, hey, so God's wanting to do something with us here. Did you ever have envisioned any of this going back to that first mission trip? Oh, boy. You think there's going to be tough times. You know, there's going to be times that you're going to struggle because you don't know the language that well. But when you come up to something like this, everything else pales in comparison to it. The need of humanity on the most basic of levels. People coming from the East that had to leave in their flip-flops. I never would have envisioned any of this, but it's just amazing. God has orchestrated so much of this. We've just had things provided for us in just amazing ways. Sounds like the Lord has orchestrated enough throughout all of this for an entire symphony. Yeah, he, he really has. And it's been an encouragement. You know, this has been one of my toughest challenges. They say, what's it like? And I say, well, mentally, it's been very draining, but it, it's been really exciting. Still, I need to get a thesaurus out and look for synonyms for exciting. It's not like in a pleasurable way, but it's just been invigorating to see how God has worked and used so many people for his purposes. That's Todd Gallagher, a missionary to Ukraine and Romania from Parker, Pennsylvania. Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. All right, Mark, thank you. Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday during the Noon Report. You can also catch it online anytime at familylife.org.
Well, good afternoon to all. Here is your Family Life Regional weather forecast. Got a storm system tracking up from the Southern Plains heading toward the Great Lakes. One that's going to promise to produce significant rain and wind across our region. And if that weren't enough, I've got two more systems lined up over the next week that will impact us as well. More toward the wintry side for those systems. But for this afternoon, strong winds and rain. Any mixed precipitation and the twin tiers essentially are changing to rain that will continue into tonight. That rain could produce flooding, especially across northeast Pennsylvania tonight, where there could be a rumble of thunder. Winds will be very strong, strongest over higher elevations and near Lake Erie, where gusts could exceed 65 miles an hour. Otherwise, gusts to 50 miles an hour for many. Temperatures this afternoon rising toward 40 into the 40s briefly tonight, then dropping. Tomorrow, cloudy. Any rain showers change to flurries with temperatures primarily in the 30s. All right, doing great work as always at the Weather Center. Thank you, Kevin. Finally, if you think you're up to being a hot dog driver, Family Life's Brian Query has some news you can use. Oscar Mayer is looking to hire a dozen hot doggers for year-long full-time jobs driving its iconic 27-foot-long hot dog on wheels. The company says that drivers will travel and maintain one of the six Wienermobiles, traveling an average of 20,000 miles, visiting more than 20 states, and handing out 250,000 whistles during the year. They also create content for the brand's social media channels. Current hot dogger Chad Colgrove says there's no job quite like it. No matter where we go, someone's honking, waving, smiling, taking our photos. We're like mini celebrities driving this thing. Qualified candidates would have strong communication skills and social media savvy, along with the appropriate bachelor's degree and a love of hot dog puns is certainly a helpful condiment brian query family life news yes indeed thank you brian and just like that we're out of time folks that's our world the world we live in tuesday january 9th i'm bob price family life news you've been listening to the noon report heard weekdays on family life thank you for listening